guys, and welcome to Smart Woman New Romance, a book review podcast where we fangirl over all things romance. I'm Jessen. And I'm Juliet. Today we'll be reviewing Forever Your Rogue by Erin Langston. But before we dive in, make sure that you subscribe to the podcast on your preferred podcast platform and please rate and review us. If you want more romance discussions, follow us on our social media pages at SWReadRom, join our Facebook group The Spoon Zone, and follow my YouTube channel Jessen Reads Romance. If you'd like some podcast extras, become a patron of the podcast on Patreon where we have extra content including exclusive episodes and give away free enamel pins, stickers, books, and bookmarks. Special shout out to our patrons we love and appreciate you for all the support yes we do so julia just came back from a very cool book signing in yes. la well not really la it was what anaheim, anaheim. Yeah, um but california far. and uh tell us about the you know book signing uh, i couldn't go to this one either i feel like i've just like all, this whole year, I've not been able to go to any book yeah. signings at all, and like, uh, I just love the Polycon. experience. We have a yeah. Polycon. We have a Polycon. We that's have gonna be a big rare, one too. So, yes. like, that's very exciting. Yes. Well, that's coming up in 2024. Holy hell, we're in 2024 almost. But yeah, I know it's August, but still. Um, but Steaming Con was okay. So I know everybody was kind of like holding their breath because it's a brand new, it's a brand new um, book con rather large there was about 1100 uh tickets sold you know so i think there were a lot of expectations and kind of like what's it gonna be like y'all y'all it was fantastically organized there were so many fun things for readers like i didn't even get to see them all but they had those little spinny wheels out in the like the there was like a vendor uh walkway of just like different things and it wasn't just vendors it was just like games people could play or like it go i like love games spin thing <laughs> did, and you, get a, did you play a game no i didn't <laughs> but i was just looking at it up and it was like um and then they had their like pickle branding everywhere with, oh like, my god that was so pickle. funny i saw mel um she like posted a um a little video of blowing up the little pickle and i was yes. like is that a pickle a <laughs> giant <laughs> pickle everybody wanted to go the giant pickle i love you know, it, it i love per- it i mean what perfect branding right <laughs> and then they had like a little sign it was um like be a good girl in stf you know like the whole like long hashtag mm-hmm. so we would go and take pictures with that you know it was just cute like it was kind of beyond expectations you know well, that's good and i think that that's so awesome especially for uh you know year one of a yes. book con that you know i'm sure they want to be you know very successful and yes. be a yearly thing and they were um, stressing diversity and inclusivity. So there was a, you know, there was a lot. It was funny because, you know, I mean, there's been a lot of talk from, you know, past book cons about, you know, what's going on? Why is the crowd? What's happening? You know, whatever. But the vibe was totally positive. Like, the, I, I never felt any negative vibes from anybody the whole time. Everybody was kind and polite. It was like, oh, yeah. romance book community she's is all referring, here. She's referring you know? to a couple of the past book cons, um, which I have not been to. So, I mean, I don't have, like, firsthand personal experience. But, like, I believe Book Bonanza, I feel like yeah. I heard I the most either, negativity about the this past about. <laughs> year book book con. That it was just, there was, there was, like, a lot of people who maybe it was their first time um, going to a book mm-hmm. signing, a book con, and uh, possibly, you know, just new readers in general. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I hate to like blame it on the TikTok population, but I feel like TikTok is a big reason why there's a lot of rom- new romance readers. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, there were just lots of complaints about like mm-hmm. people just like kind of acting the ass at book con, yeah. at, at, at book bonanza. Yeah. So I'm really happy to hear that, you know, there was no that shoving, was very, no violence yeah, whatsoever. Like just Nothing. wait in line guys. We're all like <laughs> yeah, we're all... adults. Like, come on. <laughs> there was other things they, um, and that was the other thing is there were, a, I mean, a lot, a lot of book con virgins there who had never been to a big book con. And I, so I was like, wow, it's your first one like yeah it's a lot I'm like it is I said but you're in a good one like you're you're in safe hands this is great but like they had they did other things like um for wristbanded and whatever I didn't even know any of this was going on but apparently they had a live wristband count you could check on online or whatever Mm -hmm. and see what number they were at so you knew exactly what was coming up yeah I I think 
is it a polycon that they just kind of announce like yeah and they did that there too because people were but that's kind of nice like whenever you're like maybe you're not paying attention Mm -hmm. but you can actually like see it on your phone or whatever that's that's really nice i like that you know i'm a big organization girl so like i I love to hear whenever things run smoothly i'm like oh i love that you know um but yeah so so i'm so glad that she had such a good time at steamy lit and was able to go to bodice which has always been a dream (laughs) dream and uh juliet was showing me she even saved the receipt because she was like, everything's pink. <laughs> I know. I was so, y'all, that store is the cutest thing in the world. There's the, the little flying books she has. And I know Leah's done all of that. All of, She's so DIY. I love. The cutest thing. Have you seen her videos when yes. she does, like, the Brooklyn? storefront? Yes. Like, she, she does. The um, Oh, no. Like, you're talking about, like, actually, like, building. Oh, I'm just yeah. talking about, like, in the um the LA version. Oh, when she does the, the windows um, yeah, displays. displays. She's yes. so creative. Oh, she my God. Like, incredible. I mean, she does everything herself. It's amazing. Yeah. But, yeah, the Brooklyn, she did do those videos where she, she did the floors, like, hand-painted. That was like, insane. so cool. Within a month, uh, she awesome. had the whole store done. That's like, crazy. let's renovate. I'm like, damn. <laughs> That, that is nuts. that is really freaking crazy, but so so awesome. So yeah, yeah. even though I'm jealous that you know Juliet got you're, to go to yet another book con without me. Right. <laughs> Next time you're coming. Yes, exactly. Now I can actually like take off work and be like, I'm not coming into work. I'm going to book con. <laughs> and what is this? I know. Be like, don't worry about it. It's fine. All right, let's hear anyway. about these characters. Okay, so. Our characters, we have Cora, who is our heroine. She has been recently widowed. Like, in the very first chapter, it's actually her finding out that her husband has died. And her and her husband, it was, like, an arranged marriage, basically. Like, her father arranged for her to marry this man. It was not a love match at all. He was titled, so she kind of, like, you know, I think her father was a baron, and so she married, um a Viscount. And they were married for five years. She has two children and their marriage was a very like, like cold, like they didn't have Mm -hmm. any affection toward each other. And like it, I love the way that Aaron Langston actually sets up the story and Cora's character. She is going into the family Bible to write the date of her husband's death. And she (laughs) discovers that her husband actually wrote the wrong date for their son and then didn't include their daughter at all in the Bible. And so, like, it it sets up their relationship. How he was just, like, a very very uninterested in family at all. Even his own children. Like, there's one thing to not be in love with your wife. he died running off to be with his opera Opera singer. Yeah, in a carriage accident. Like, anyway. So, Cora is actually very excited about being widow because now she has independence <laughs> exactly. and she can just hang out with her kids and it's just everything's like fine and free, dandy you know yes but then you know almost a year later which um is the time for like mourning period mm-hmm. um she comes across this snafu so her sister-in-law is horrible um oh, even Carlton. more horrible mm-hmm. even more horrible than her husband was they, they just sound like terrible people honestly and um there's a custody battle basically for the children which we'll get into more detail whenever we get into the spoiler section but cora basically needs um she needs a husband a fake husband because mm-hmm. one of the complaints that her sister-in-law has is that oh you know they need a man a male figure in their life and especially mm-hmm. for leo who he's only four and he's gonna be you know the viscount whenever he's of age mm-hmm. he needs like anyway so it's a custody battle and basically her sister-in-law wants to prove that cora is not fit to have them live with her and so she's like oh, if I'm not single, like, that's one of the complaints that she has. So I can fix that. I can have a fake marriage while I get my brother, who's a lawyer, to kind of try to go through the courts to make sure that I'm just, like, the full guardian that gets sole physical custody of my kids. So that's where Nate comes in. Um, Nate (laughs) is a rapscallion, okay? He is the younger brother of an earl, much younger. His older (laughs) brother is a half-brother in, like, 20 years his senior basically kind of raised him and he's kind of like bucking convention or like the expectations his brother is like he you hates know, balls yeah hates he them. hates balls <laughs> hates obligations he hates doing what people expect of him mm-hmm. um and he like kind of um it chafes against him that his brother is so like by the book and like does everything right and stuff and he just like he doesn't want to be like that and so Nate is actually um, the brother of Cora's best friend, Tabitha. So they actually knew each other, like, right before Cora got engaged. So they met before. 
And uh, Tabitha gets the bright idea, like, oh, maybe Nate can help you out. Yeah, Nate can do um, it. And be your fake husband, you know? And he needs money because, you know, Nate's done an investment with, like, a railway that yeah. has not and worked out. And the older out. brother, Raymond, sort of, like, cut him off. Yeah, he's like, listen, your 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 life is, you're my heir. You're my yeah. heir, and you need to get to the fuck together. So, like, no more money. And so yeah. Nate's pissed. And so this will be the perfect opportunity. Right. Nate needs money. Cora has money. She'll pay him to be the fake husband. So mm-hmm. that's our setup for our story. And it's so much deeper than that because, oh my God, the kids, you you know, if you've been a fan of the podcast, you know how we love a well-written kid and we love like the single dad vibe Mm -hmm. and Nate gives those off in space and, and I love it. there's a little bit of a secret past between them. Yes. That was sort of like a spark was made, but she was already betrothed so nothing could ever happen. Yes. And she was a good girl, so... I love that aspect of it Me as well. too. I love it as well. So yeah, if you have not read Forever Your Rogue yet, please go read it and come back mm-hmm. and chat with us. Okay, so we have the setup where Cora, like we said, so this is kind of what the custody issue is. Apparently in the courts, and this is like a real thing, um, there's different types of guardianships mm-hmm. and, um, basically Cora is set up as like the guardian of like nurture. And so she, um, is in charge of like the children's like everyday lives and stuff like that. But the husband, which she was so pissed about it because it should have been somebody yeah. who was, um, like not related to Leo, um, and couldn't inherit his money or anything. And right. so they were expecting Cora's brother who is a lawyer to be the other guardian which i forgot what the title of it was but it was basically like managing the estate they have access Mm -hmm. to the funds of the viscountancy and they manage that and kind of like um they also have entitlement to physical custody as well so both of them have physical custody right and for the past year cora has had her children with her but But now asshole husband has appointed guardianship to her evil sister i know his sister and sister's husband you know i think it has to be the husband maybe the vicar yeah. Because he's a man, you know, but basically... What do you mean the husband? Oh, yeah, the husband. Yeah, he but is I like think official, it's them as a couple. Yeah, maybe yeah. as a couple. So basically, they now have control. And so Mrs. Carlton has been sending letter after letter after letter saying... Like, basically We don't approve the way yeah. you've been approved. We are coming there to see the children, and we're going to probably take them with us for a while. Like, yeah, they're like, just the children need to live with us for a while yes. now. Because they are entitled, and she's basically being like, we let you have them for, like, this year, you know, yeah. and now it's our turn. Um, and... Like, so she, they're, um, at the beginning of each chapter, we have, like, letters from different people, and some of them are actually from this lady who I absolutely hate. Like, oh. I think that Aaron Langston wrote such a good villain in this character. Seriously. Because she's so specific, because she's coming visit Cora at her country estate, but she's very specific on, like, she needs, like, a west-facing window, and they need, like, candles, and I want a medium stuffed pillow, yes. like, whatever. Like, she's just a difficult person to please. Like, that's the vibe you get yeah. off of she her. She reminds me a little bit of, like, uh, Fanny and, um, oh my gosh, Sense and Sensibility, the sister-in-law. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, I don't think your father intended you to give them actual money. Yes. You know, like, just support. Yes. Like, she's so greedy. Mm-hmm. Like, she won't even allow her husband to give them any kind of money to live on. Like, yeah. ugh. Yeah, that's definitely the vibe yeah. for sure of Mrs. Carlton. So Cora's kind of okay, and and I do want to talk a little bit more about like Cora and her like anxiety, like the yes. way that she was written. She's a very like she likes to be in control of a lot of things, mm-hmm. and she stresses a lot about things. Mm-hmm. And I can relate to that a lot. And I do. I found myself feeling frustrated with Cora because, and but I love this because Cora has a character flaw. She does not want people to help her. She wants to do it alone. Yes. She's like, I she can handle this. I don't need I don't need other people. Yeah. Even though she has people to rely on, she doesn't necessarily want to rely on them even though they're not asking for anything in return. She just mm-hmm. feels better relying on herself. So she doesn't want to ask for help. And, like, of course that frustrates me because I see a lot of, like, myself in that and I'm frustrated with myself whenever I yeah. you know and I'm like why why did I do that why did I not just ask for help or whatever so like she frustrated me but like in a good way right you know what I'm saying yes. I, I could relate I never got to annoyed it. with her yeah it was more like yeah more like, like oh you have this helping hand like, right there he's just right there out. yeah just like stop. let him help you, you know? <laughs> but also she has become and there's this one scene I know we're jumping all over the place but y'all it's so important there's this one scene where she describes herself She's like, once upon a time, I was soft and loving and loved to love. She's like, and then I became bitter, and then I became hard. And it's just, 
I can't move away from that person. Like, it was this marriage. And it's also because she wants to protect her. Her, her kids. Like, these are the most important right. people Nothing in her life. Right, matters. And so she feels her like she kids has to have complete control and she has to be a hard ass to get what she wants. Yeah, you know? she, she wants to be ruthless for her kids. She's mm-hmm. like, I cannot let my kids be with these cold people. Yes. So we're, we're doing this. Okay, so <laughs> the first meeting between uh nate and cora after not having seen each other for like six years again they have a past um i think cora they both lived in like the same you know countryside like you know right country town and so she used to go to tabitha's a lot and hang out right and so they met before and they kind of had like a playful relationship like Mm -hmm. she and nate it was flirty but it never flirty thing Yeah. yeah so one night because they're in these letters that Cora is actually sending to Nate, increasingly getting more aggravated because yes, like, he's not you replying. Have ignored every letter before. Yeah, like this stop time. ignoring me, you little bitch. Yeah. Like I, you owe me a favor. So yes. there is an implied yes. favor. What happened was um, Cora was actually engaged at this point, but it was already setting up that Nate has just been, you know, living his life. Not really caring. He loves gambling hells. Like, he loves women. Like, mm-hmm. he's just kind of like, you know, a younger son doesn't really have responsibility. So, he right. just kind of, like, does his own just thing. Just goes and has fun. And, um, you know, six years ago, he owed money. and He got people, himself into trouble yeah. gambling. And they beat the shit out of him. <laughs> and so, she finds him, like, in the dark, like, bleeding yeah. and bruised. And she's like, oh, my God. She puts his head in her lap yes. and stuff. Like, he's, and... like, really desperate. And, and, his, and you know, his... He has no mother anymore. It's just like, it's very kind of sad. He was very solitary sort of upbringing. His sister was the only one who was probably gave him any sort of like emotional support and that kind his of thing. brother? Um, well, yeah. And his oh. brother, his brother's more like a father, a stern father figure. I see him that way. But mm-hmm. Tabby is the one I would see as still like giving him that emotional well, I mean, like, she was you know? definitely his age, so, like, I feel right. like they relate more on, like, a, right. you know. But for some reason, this night, she's nowhere around, or she's sleeping, or whatever, and it's Cora that finds him in the dark, and, like, and he's, like, so sad and so despondent, and she just felt this need to, like, comfort him and help him. She's like, I can help you. I can give you the, because, like, he's like, they're going to kill me. He's like, I, she's like, I can help you. I can give you the money. I have jewels, like, from her betrothed. Her aunt, so, I think one of her aunts gave her a, a wedding gift that was, like, a gaudy piece just of like jewelry that she's of, like, I'm yeah. just never going to wear this, you know? That. You can you know? have it. Um, uh, so she ends up by giving it to him yeah. so and that he's he like, pays debts. He's like, anything you need ever in, in your life. I will help you. And yeah. so now she needs him. She's calling and she on him. she kind of puts him in the letter. Yes. By the way, remember, you uh, you, you owe me. me. And Tabitha doesn't know that this happened, by yeah. the way. So it's kind of like, like a secret. It's like something like between the them. Yeah. So, again, this is six years later. We have a little scene where um, Raymond, his older brother, wants him to be at this ball that his wife is throwing. And he... he loves um i think her name's olivia Mm -hmm. the wife um i I might be getting her name wrong but um and her and his nieces and stuff like he he adores them but he just doesn't like like polite society and so he is trying to sneak away from the ball and uh his brother's basically like fussing at him and he's Mm -hmm. like so tired of his brother fussing at him and he leaves and goes like on a night drinking and stuff he gets in a fight like again and the next morning he's supposed to be at tabby's house (laughs) meeting with cora okay ballot is like like um sir it's too 2 p.m. You're supposed you're to be supposed at your to be sister's house in like 30 he's like, minutes. He's like, can you fix this? Like his face or his clothes? Like I can only do one. Do one in this time. Like pick one. What do you want me to fix? Your clothing or your face? Because your face looks terrible. So I he know. shows up all beat up. Yeah, looking like hell. And I love how Cora's like, Tabby, you told me he changed. Yeah. And he shows up with like a black eye and like a bloody lip. And she's like, what the hell? I cannot work with this. And Tabby's like, Oh, he didn't look like that last night. I promise you. Like, he looked fine. He was fine. So, they have, like, a little battle of wills. Yes. Because he's, like, kind of like, what is this about? Like, oh. And she's like, he's still a child. I can't deal with this. Yes. And he he sees a little bit of his brother Raymond and the way that she's judging him. Handling him and judging him. Yeah, she's judging him and being like, you're not responsible and whatever. And, like, what are you doing with your life? And he's like, I've gotten this enough for my brother. I don't need this from you. Yeah, like, And then Cora realizes that she has to pull back and she's like, no, wait, wait, wait. Actually, need a favor. Like, she has to kind of, like, She does. She goes inside her head. I love that moment because even, like, she's about to, like, basically let him walk 
and she realizes I do need him. I, do I need my him. children I are the most important I've, things. I've like it doesn't matter right here and yeah. just like do this. So she lays it out for him. She's like, look, I know you need money. Tabby has told me that mm-hmm. you need money. Investments went bad and your brother's cutting your purse strings. I have money. I can offer you this money. I need you to be my fake fiance. I need you to marry me, but like not really marry me. Um, because my in-laws are threatening to take my kids and one of their complaints is that they don't have a father figure. And so I just need to buy time for my brother Brother. to file with the courts to possibly get, you know, me just full custody of my kids, period. Um, and honestly, I don't, she has no interest in managing Leo's estate. She literally just doesn't want her in-laws to have physical rights to the kids. She wants her kids living with her. Yeah. And she does not want them anywhere near. Because they're horrible people. Mm-hmm. All they do is criticize. By the time they get there, they're just constantly criticizing the children. Oh, that disgusting. moment. Like, my heart hurt. Poor Leo. So her kids Ugh. are four and two, I believe. Um, or five and three. Somewhere around that. Very mm-hmm. young. And the first time that, like, you know, the kids probably haven't met these people, you know, very often at all, if ever. Um, And I felt so sorry for Leo, the way that she was criticizing him. Like, do you know your letters? And and he was like, I know most of them. Some of them might get mixed up. And she was, like, criticizing him. And he kept, like, looking to Cora. And, like, Like Cora... Cora, I love her internal struggle because she wants to put up a good front because she doesn't want them to have anything to criticize. Mm -hmm. And she also beats herself up after the scene saying, like, I should have spoke up for Leo. Like, you know, I could tell how stressed he was and I should have spoken up. But, like, she was just – she's trying to keep the peace long enough to just, like, you know, get them to go back home and, like, leave her alone. Right. And we have a lot of private moments, I think, that are really good in the beginning with her and her children. And she obviously has – she has a different kind of relationship than – you know, she doesn't just put them off in the nanny or whatever. She she genuinely likes to put them to bed herself. She likes to read them stories. Moments. You know, and just where like, like the, so the actual um, the nanny is a little bit more like I don't want to say strict, but yes. you know, she she's overwhelmed and she's like, I want to get these children a hand. But Cora's a little bit more permissive and yes. stuff, and they're like playing in the playroom, jumping around the just made bed, <laughs> playing pirates, doing all these right. things playing and stuff, games. and yeah, playing games. I, I like Cora's like a, just a really involved, like yeah. loves her kids, yeah. like so like loves. A mom. Her so much yeah (laughs) very involved she's her kids are her world and you get that vibe Mm -hmm. and so in comes nate part of the agreement is that he goes to the countryside while the carltons are visiting so that she can present him as her fiance he is like totally besotted with her Mm -hmm. and they're in love and they're totally getting married very soon (laughs) and he needs to be there for two weeks they also agree at first she said like um three events and he mixes the ball that she has planned. It's like the Morton ball or whatever. And um, he's like, I don't do balls. We are going to have to do something else. And she's like, okay, well, instead of a ball, you have to write me love, love letters. letters. And he's like, love letters. Just and she's backdate like, them and that'll be proof to the courts that yeah. you know, we've had this relationship building. Right, know? exactly. And basically she just wants this fake relationship um, enough to get approved as a guardian. And then mm-hmm. they're never going to get married, right? Right. That's how it's going to work. Of course that's what's going to happen. <laughs> Um, so I love the moment where like, so Nate is very confident in his ability to charm. So he thinks that he's going to roll up into there and he's like, I, I'm good with difficult women. Like I can totally handle this. Like people love me. I'm a charmer. I can make anything happen. And so he arrives there and like, I love how Nate's just like, oh my God, this woman is horrible. These people are horrible. And, um. I love that scene. So where she's been sort of set down by the Carltons and her children and Leo. And, like, he walks up to her. Her hand is sort of, like, shaking on mm-hmm. the ban- banister. And he just puts his hand over hers and says, don't worry, love. I've got the kids. Yeah. You know, like, and it's just, like, you know, he's pretending this is fake boyfriend touches. But it's, like. This is, like, the first time that he meets the kids, too. Like, yeah. he, it, the kids were introduced to him. They took an immediate liking to Nate. And Yeah. They had their was, little picnic. Yeah. <laughs> I thought so it was cute. so cute when they met in the park before they went to the countryside. Right. He actually <laughs> brings um, Cora flowers. <laughs> and he was like, oh, she has a daughter. I'll bring a smaller bouquet. But, of course, Tess likes the bigger one. Yes. Um, and so she. She takes that one. And then this was really funny because I was thinking in my head as he was going to meet them and I was like, you didn't bring anything for Leo? I'm like, that's dumb. I know. And he gets there and Leo's like, did you bring anything for me? And he's like, why? Yes, I did. Takes a <laughs> handkerchief, finds a stick. He's like, a pirate flag. And, and Leo's, Leo's like, like, yay! Pirates! <laughs> he loved it. So it was very charming. They it took was. an immediate liking. Um, 
And he's not, you don't expect this person who feels like he's not responsible. Mm -hmm. He's just kind of like devil may care. Just doesn't, doesn't take life life seriously. (laughs) He, he's so great with kids. I know. It's amazing. I loved it so much because he steps up to the occasion when he's at the countryside and he sees the way Mm -hmm. that the kids are so stressed because these people are making them so anxious. It's time for bedtime. And Tess is like hanging on to Cora, like throwing a fit. You know, yes. the toddler tantrum when you're in the grocery store and you're like, oh my God, please stop. And of course, this is making her look like a terrible mother <laughs> yes. in front of Mrs. Carlton. And like, she's you criticizing can't even she's your like, child. Like, I think like Mr. Carlton's like, bit clingy, isn't she? And I'm like, shut yeah. the fuck up. I know she's you too. <laughs> like, she's tired. She's too. You kept them up later Y'all are than weird they and in their, your, her space. You yeah, know? Like, exactly. And he's like, I'll bring them to bed and like they go with him I know. they like feel safe with him already yes. and so I love the way that Aaron Langston already sets that up mm-hmm. and like it's it's a moment where he feels like responsible for something and yeah. I like the way that they give him a sense of purpose and direction in life and that's why I like this book so much is because you just don't expect it from the way that Nate is presented as a character but he rises to the occasion and that's what I love about his character so much. Yeah. Perfect foil for the very anxious overly you know analytical <laughs> like just like overthinking everything. Compl- he's completely relaxed and charming yes. and like taking all the stress away. They compliment each other so well oh and I I love it. I love it. So they attend this strawberry festival again. Cora's very anxious. She's like it needs to go perfectly and he's like why? Why does I know. She was stressed about the color of her dressing. I was like, oh, it's a pretty pale pink. She goes, I can't I wear can't pale wait. pink to a strawberry festival. She has to go and change. She's like, this is rose. It's not pale pink. Wait, I love she comes <laughs> down and she changed and he was like, I thought you were changing. And she's like, this is a different dress. And he's like, aren't they both pale pink? What? <laughs> It was hilarious. It was a funny, funny moment. She was having a moment. So they're like walking around and this is all to fuel the rumors that, oh, the mistress is getting remarried. This is her fiance. She's got a bow on her arm. Yeah. And he's charming all like, you know, the people in the village. And there's like these group of like little teenage girls that are all like, kiss, kiss. And I thought it was really cute. So like Nate, ever the charmer, takes like her parasol and like blocks their face. But he gets really close. This moment. Okay. So this is... I love when authors build tension this way. Mm-hmm. Nothing actually happens with them physically. They do not kiss. He gets his face very close to Cora, and he's just like, that moment in time, it feels like a suspended moment, yes. you know? I love yes. those types of moments where it's just like the tension is building, right. and like you really see like Cora's like, oh my god, I see him as a man, and right. this close proximity, what is this feeling that and, I'm feeling? Yeah, and she, her heart's And like, I kind of want him to kiss now me. Now I'm like ready for a kiss. <laughs> yes. So like, uh, so I think that she sets up tension between Nate and Cora so, so well. It's and incredible. like Juliet says, those little moments where he's just supportive of her, and that's what she has crazy in her life yeah and those never little had. small touches just like mm-hmm. you know hand like just like hand holding and just like you know a stabilizing like touch for her like I love that Nate's yeah. so good at that uh, he's very intuitive I feel like he's very intuitive to like the kids needs and Cora's needs and that's what makes Nate just like above and beyond he, hero like next level book boyfriend material <laughs> I mean, seriously book boyfriend oh, love yeah. it love it okay so there's this moment which is really really cute where Leo wants to learn how to swim. Oh my god. And like Cora gets awesome. a little choked up because she's like he's never had anyone to teach him these things cuz right. her husband was never interested in hanging out with the kids at all. And like Nate, you know, ends up by like, yeah, I can teach you how to swim or whatever. And Tess of course is upset cuz she wants to go actually, you know. Yeah, she gets stuck in the house with the Carltons for a while. But the nanny has gone off, you know, with Leo mm-hmm. and um them, you know, just to supervise. And she stays Leo back with Tess. And then Right. So she thinks everything's going to plan. But then Mrs. Carlton makes a comment being like, well, yes, well, like, after your wedding, we'll be keeping the kids for a year. And she's like, what are you talking Cora's about? Cora's like, what? So she thinks she's doing everything right to kind of, like, allay the fears of Mrs. Carlton. Right. And now that... Now they're saying, well, you can't we're have taking a them anyway. married couple, what, you're going to be, like, fornicating in the parlor. Well, they probably would be. But they would make sure that the kids weren't watching... <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's not appropriate for a newly married couple to, to have, have kids. Uh, to have kids? Are you fucking kidding me right now? Crazy. Like, fuck this off. Well, obviously, this woman just like any excuse. It's it's excuse. it's obvious to us as the reader that this is all a ploy. But to 
Cora, who's in the middle of it, she's like, "Oh my God, she just I've made a misstep. Yeah. I've done something wrong. We've got, I've got to go talk to him about it right now." So it's like her and Tessa take off for the pond, and of course she turns the corner. I love this part. It's literally three or four paragraphs of the word "oh." <laughs> it's like oh. "oh, oh, oh," the shirtless oh. man in a pond <laughs> swimming. With what, Leo. what a wonderful Mister Darcy moment! Like we love, oh my God. we love that type of. But he didn't even have a shirt on. I so love like, how so she doesn't say anything whenever she walks up and i think he i think he says like i box because like he, he goes, catches her he catches her ogling his entire body he's like he's yeah. like yeah i know i look good he's like i box and he's just he like totally... watching her oh my god that moment and then of course the nanny's in the corner she calls just the like, nanny she's like what are you shaking she's like she's what? been staring i've been staring at him too <laughs> oh my god and so she cora is like take the kids back to the house or whatever and so she's very upset and nate Ever the voice of reason, hilarious. Like, because again, don't you get he's, it? He, he's like, yeah. he's like, she will always find an excuse. Did you ever wonder that yeah. it, it wasn't the fact that you didn't have a husband? It's just that she's yeah. a controlling bitch. And he's and like, I expected this excuse. to happen. Like, yeah. you didn't. Yeah. Like. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, you're right. So he kind of like talks her down, and he's yeah. like, we're doing everything right. And then they start just kind of playing again. Yeah, and he's like threatening to like throw her in the pond and stuff very playfully. She's like, I'm going to push you back in. He's like, you're coming with me. Yeah, like if I go in, you're coming in. And this is all like metaphor for something else. It's so good. The flirty vibes are so, so good. And again, like nothing actually physically happens (laughs) Mm -hmm. with them yet. The tension is built so beautifully. And I feel like I emphasize this a lot in our recent podcast just because it's been so obvious. Like this is what I crave. And so when when I find books that build tension so well like I I just have a need to highlight it I'm just like it's these little moments where there's nothing actually physically intimate going on between them it's just like the banter and the play that like deepens their relationship I think we need to pause and talk about this author's style of writing as well Mm -hmm. because it is beyond good like to me it's like this is some of the best historical romance writing I've ever read like just the way she I'm talking about her craft the way Mm -hmm. she crafts sentences like where those the letters the letters that start off as like these goofy nonsense the letters he Mm -hmm. makes up to the ones he ends up writing (gasps) to her the evolution of his letters oh my god like you can just it's like and then just like just the phrases he uses when the things that The way happen. that he thinks about her. Oh, good lord. Is beautiful. <laughs> yeah. And again, like I said, the evolution of Nate as a character. Oh, yeah. Like, he's very just like devil may care and that... Like, he's not taking the love letter seriously in the beginning. He's just like, I it's don't like, know. Uh, like, oh, like no. eyes are, eyes eyes are, are sometimes brown. Like Brownish, <laughs> hazelish. Like, is very yellow, anxious. Yellow like, in it. And she's like, is this supposed to be a love letter? What are you doing? And then they eventually like turn into to these like poetic beautiful, beautiful observations about oh someone who he's fallen like you can actually see the process of him falling in love through those little glimpses of the yes. letters that he's been writing they turn into actual love letters which i it's love incredible. that it's so it's good incredible. it's so smart it's it's Brilliant. wonderful and i love it i i she's so good so anyway the next party, the next obligation that he is uh, oh, the pheasant needs to go to hunt. the pheasant hunt. So they're you know the country is the country like um, gatherings mm-hmm. are happening like you know um, parliaments and, let out. And it was mentioned before that Tess does not like dogs. She has like not an irrational fear of dogs, but she's terrified. Well, she kind of does. She's never you know? like really been around dogs. She just knows that she doesn't she just like, like them. them. Um, yeah. And it's in the carriage ride. I think that because. Um, Cora was talking about like yeah it's a pheasant hunt and you'll be expected to go off with the men and hunt or whatever um and there will be dogs and uh Leo's very excited he's like oh dogs and then Tess Tess is like dogs and she freaks the (laughs) fuck out and like they're like bribing her with biscuits I Tess is so cute I don't think we talked about her enough but like I know Tess is adorable when uh Leo first comes to the estate and in the in the morning he's eating breakfast and like Tess like waddles in and she's like she like flashes her beautiful blue eyes the family jewels, the family the jewels, jewels and calls her like lady swifty because there's a whole backstory of like the um keeper of the crown jewels like yes. um is like lord swift or yes, whatever and so, so blue, anyway blue. her her eyes are like crown jewels or like better than crown jewels so he calls her lady swifty and like she just like bats her blue eyes and he gives her anything he's yeah, like he, she's like biscuit and he's like yeah here, here have a cookie there you go <laughs> you can have both of them have all the cookies you want so like he so cute. wrapped he, around oh, her yeah. little finger oh, yeah. and so you know they're bribing her with biscuits in the carriage ride so they finally you know get to the estate and uh cora goes with the women he goes with the men he's kind of really bored at the pheasant hunt oh yeah like, he's he's, like, this is not his i like want to hang around you know? with like 
Corrin stuff. So much really stuffy, stodgy, yeah. you know, whatever. But there's kind of like an interesting conversation that happens. It's kind of important That's to the true. story. Kind of like, you know, it, it it's important later. Mm-hmm. So um, they're kind of like, oh, yeah, we know why you want to get with Corrin stuff. Because, you know, you're not actually titled yourself. And he's like, well, I am the heir to my brother's earldom. He has yeah. no he has no male heirs besides right. his younger brother. And um and he, they're like, oh no, that's not what I'm talking about. Like um Leo to have access to like Leo and his, his money, money and stuff. And he was like, well, I thought that you know the guardians don't have access to like you're not allowed to take money from your the per, the person who you <laughs> have guardianship over. And they're like, oh, well, it's like a well known secret that basically you can skim off the top, make investments so that you can make money off of someone else's money and as long as you don't some, lose it yeah as long as you put it back at some point as later. long as you don't fail if your investments don't fail then nobody's the wiser because then you put the money that you took to invest back but then you made your profit by the time he comes to the age of majority or whatever and no one's the wiser yeah. and apparently it happens all the time and nature's and he's like, like Wait, what, what the fuck that happens so, so that's the important. inkling oh yes a little you yeah. know aaron's given us a little you know whoop, yeah. this is the motivation for the fucking carltons i know little bastards Assholes. anyways so, so they're then walking back up to the house. Yes, they're walking back toward the house across the lawn, and he hears the dogs. And then, and he even says to the guy, he's like, you did put the, the dogs. I'm like, oh, yeah, they're, they oh, can't. Oh, they're, they're going, they're going toward they're going the, to children. See the children. The children, love, children the dogs. love the dogs. Nate takes off running. And before he's he even hears, there, he hears, he hears her. Scream. He hears her screaming, y'all. This scene. And he tells him, he's like, my little girl. He says, my little girl is afraid of dogs. Oh, my God. The claim <laughs> that he just made. Like, the way that he, it's, it's oh, how he feels. Man. He feels like yes. he is a parent to these children. Yes. He is so emotionally invested in these children. And he didn't expect it. I think that that makes it even also, the sweeter. Yes, and I love that when he's calling her name, she turns and looks at him with tears in her eyes. She goes, Nate, and her arms are up, like, grasping for him to save her. It's just like, y'all. I mean, of course the dogs weren't going to hurt her, but it's just a very emotional moment, like, of... And I like the introspection that he has in this moment as well, because he's just like, the fact that he is a safe place for her, that mm-hmm. just being in his arms makes her feel safer, because he... And he tells her, he's like, I'll stand in the way of anything that tries to yes. get you. Like, she the, goes, you're bigger oh, than... You're, you're bigger, bigger than those dogs. She's like, I'm goes, bigger, than, I'm bigger anything. than everything. Everything. I will stand in the way of everything oh, that comes Oh my god, my you. heart. This is the type <laughs> of man <laughs> that just... Oh, Damn. he just can bring me to my knees because I just like fall over for heroes and like this. And then when she's like cooling and she's got her head, neck, her head tucked under it safely by his cravat and he's sort of rubbing her back. She's calming down. He looks across the lawn and, Cora. and sees Cora watching. And, and like just with her like, hand on her throat, just kind of like, you and, can tell like this is, this is what she wants for her children. Yes, and just like there's an emotion in his eyes. I love that. I remember the line. He says, I recognized it. Like yeah. he knows this is love. That they're falling, you know, like yeah. this is he's something like beyond. I felt it deep in my chest and I recognize it, but oh, they don't put a name to it God. yet. They don't put a name to it yet, but I love it. It's so good. he had already planned that night to stay out late because he had friends in the country and they were talking about like breaking a horse and they needed help. So he had already told Cora, "I'm gonna be back late." So she stays up um, that night. Um, not, not. Um, she doesn't want him to know that she's actually waiting, waiting up, up but she is. She is. She's <laughs> like drinking some whiskey at the piano. At the piano. <laughs> and uh, this moment, again, like Erin Langston, she's so good with like the metaphors. So Cora is very tiny. She's petite girl. And mm-hmm. so she's playing um, some sort of sonata, some piece. And she's only playing like half of it because her fingers won't reach like the keys that are necessary because <laughs> her hands are so small. So whenever Nate comes back, home um I, and I love I love that moment whenever they consider it like home yes. like I'm back home like you know like I, I you're love those waiting moments. for up for, waiting me, love. Up for me yeah I love <laughs> I the way he calls her love, love. <laughs> oh my god jinx it's like perfect. it gives me because I get for it that's just his personality but then it, it starts actually meaning something right exactly and that's whenever you like exactly. you feel it like yes mm-hmm. that is your love anyway yes. So he sits down. He's like, why are you only playing with your right hand? And she was like, oh, my hands are tiny. He's like, scoot over. I'm going to play the left. And so, like, they play together because, like, they compliment each other. And, like, he. But it's, at <sighs> first it's so funny. And, and he even has, like, I love. So I want to, before we get to this part, I just want to say that he's been having erotic dreams of her. Mm. And he has this one, like, erotic dream. And, and what's funny is it ends up happening. Like, he kind of, like goes through the whole dream and then she sits up and fusses at him for something and then he tells her whatever and it becomes like this like laughable 
sexy moment. Mm-hmm. And he thinks that's how it would be. That's yeah. how it would be between us. For real. Like, if he's we're... like, if it would really happen. Mm-hmm. And so here we have them at the piano. She's like, you're terrible. Like, they're just like. She's like, I thought banter. you said you could play. And he was and like, like, I just wanted like... to make you smile. I just and wanted you to laugh. So because he could funny. tell that she was very melancholy mm-hmm. in that moment. Thinking about, you know, what happens if I don't get the kids? Yeah. What happens if the Carltons and take th- them? Oh, and this is where she's thinking about that her husband changed her into this Oh, unfun, she tells him that. She's like, I actually you know, used to want a passionate marriage. Like, that's what I, I wanted. And I, I thought she we'd was, fall in love, you know? Was she 17? I feel like she was she 17 was when young. she, she was 17 when she got married. She is very young. She's like 22, 23. <laughs> yeah. You know? Um, and Nate's like 26 or 7 or whatever. Um, and she's like, I actually used to dream of a passionate marriage and that was squashed. Like, as soon as I got married mm-hmm. to him, like, you know, we, I, and the only reason why I was even in his marriage bed is because I want children because I wanted somebody to love me I I wanted somebody yeah (laughs) and it was and she's like I'm afraid that he changed me so much and like I used to want those things and like what if I can't and she's like and I've never even really been kissed yeah she's like it's so crazy I've had two children never been kissed and he was like we could change that oh god oh man so he kisses her and they sink into this beautiful moment, and it turns very passionate. But Nate is the one to kind of, like, pull it back. Like, to be like, okay, yeah. this is enough. And she, in that she moment, kind of like she ready. was, like, ready to, like, yeah. go for it. But, like, Nate is the one that pulls back, you know, and he wishes her a good night. And then Nate's valet makes an observation about him, like, not, like, hey, this is the end of your obligated two weeks, but you've not given, like, orders to pack and like, stuff am like I that. What's and, happening? Uh, and, and he's like, what is your point? What are you trying to make? He was like, well, I, I, you've been the happiest that I've seen you mm-hmm. these past two weeks over here. And, like, maybe it wouldn't be a bad idea if we kind of, like, you know, stayed over stayed here and just, ball. like, you know, exactly. <laughs> So, um, that night is going to be the ball and he is actually like looking for Cora that morning. She's, you know, known to be an early riser. She likes to go ride her horse. So Mm -hmm. she's actually returned already, but he's just like, why don't you just like walk with me? Like, let's Mm -hmm. go have a a conversation or whatever. And he's just like, I have a proposition. What if we like give in to this wild attraction? What if we just like, you know, have some fun, you know, he's uh, couching this as like, um, kind of just like. Casual. Friends with the benefits Casual. type of thing. Yeah, like for, for, the remainder, for the remainder of the time that I'm here for like today and tomorrow. Yeah. Let's just, you know, have like this thing. Have and a, um, so they start kissing. And then it starts raining. Oh, God. And so they're Love actually very close to like a hunter's cottage yeah, or whatever. Yeah, that's where she was going to put him in the first place before Mrs. Carlton's like, he should not be out in the hunter's cabin or yeah. whatever. And comes over there. So, so I yes. love this, like, they're rained in, and it creates, like, such a beautiful moment. Uh, and so, like, Cora's like, I want this. Like, I definitely want this. And yeah. I love, he's so passionate as well, and he wants Cora to feel, you know, cherished because mm-hmm. she has had, like, a very emotionless, like, I think um, The Duchess is one of, like, my favorite kind of, like, historical period pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think of, like, that emotionless, like, first time, you know, yeah. that um, Keira Knightley's character um, with her older husband experiences sex. It's very impersonal. He just doesn't even really touch her. He just, like, gets off and leaves. Yeah. And, like, that's basically the experience that Cora has had in yeah. the bedroom. Yeah. And Nate is all about her pleasure, all about just, like, you know. Taking it slow. Taking it slow, like, you know, complimenting the curve she... of her back. Yes. Like, just, like, the little things. It's so And we good. have this really, like, tender, well, a lot of it's tender, but... Um, she's like, please make it slow because I want to remember this. You know, I want to remember this moment thinking this is the only time they're going to have together. Of course, yes. they're giving in is this one moment. And so as it goes on, she's like, okay, forget that. Let's go faster. He said, please like, no. don't beg me. He says, don't tell me to go faster because I will if you want me to. But I want to go slow because I want to remember this too. And yeah. it's just like all the feelings. Yep. <laughs> yep. All the feelings. An amazing one night of beautiful, many times. Beautiful. <laughs> so... <clears throat> They go back to the main house. They're trying to, like, sneak back in. Yeah. Um, not get Not get caught or whatever. But they, uh, Cora has actually received a letter from her brother saying that he needs more time. <gasps> that he was looking into a case, basically, to see if there was precedence for, like, the mother basically having, like, a full custody of the right, children. He's like, actually, she lost. she lost. So, like, I need more time to so, come up with a better case. Is, this was his big, this was his big clincher. This is what he was going to use yeah. to go to the house and, like, present and say, see you know just like attorneys do now they use a former case but it turns out it 
was all wrong for the woman. She didn't get any of the rights for the children. So now it's like they're back to square one. He's like, I need more time. But at the same time, it's almost like we've lost. Yeah, you know? he's like, I, I need, I need to, I need to build your case. I need to case. figure something out. But basically, we're 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 fucked. Yeah, you know, is kind of what where we're at. Yeah, you know, exactly. So Nate actually offers up like, oh, we can continue the roost. Like, it doesn't have to end right now. Like, we can, we still have time. Like, weeks and weeks until like September. Like, we can still pretend to be engaged, and that's fine. But Cora is very quick. Again, this is her flaw where she says like, no, your contract was for these two weeks, and I didn't sleep with you to try to trap you into yeah. you know really marrying me or anything. Like, no, I don't want you to feel obligated. This you know, was so she- devastating because it was. <laughs> his point of view and he's like she doesn't Cora doesn't see my plight I'm desperate for her longing he for is her and so she's just turning me away because he he is in love with her all she sees is this scoundrel and I'm in love with this woman you know yeah. like oh it's devastating and so he's he's very hurt and he's like oh fine okay I'm gonna leave well, you know leave. but then I also really love um how Aaron Langston did this he's reflecting because his valet is packing all of his bags mm-hmm. and he's just like reflecting and he was just like no, you know what? She's scared. I've seen her. I've seen the way that she's reacting. And yes. she's just scared. She she this has this feeling Cora. too. So like, <laughs> I love how he reflects back on the moment where um, Cora watches him come to the rescue of Tess. Mm-hmm. And he's thinking about like, why does she, she has such a strange look about her face. And he's reflecting on the, the strange look now. And he was like, it was the fear, the fear that she realized that she's in deeper than she wants to admit. And this is what and she wants. And this is what I'm feeling right now. This fear that I'm in deeper than what, you know, she, she's not into me, but no, she is. And she's too afraid to admit it. Yeah. So then we have like that commitment. And so, I love, I love that he goes in, he's like, and this, uh, this man is all in. It was yeah. And he's awesome. like, and now I, I'm never leaving. So. Yeah. I do love, we also get, um, um, I think it was the same morning or somewhere in here is where he spots the, um, the vicar is going over all these like receipts and stuff. Cause he's upgrading the vicarage. He's finally come into funds recently. Yeah, that's after the, gonna, the ball, um, where they're like having the breakfast or yeah, whatever. Yeah. yeah. So that's sort of like been sort of like in the back of his head, like okay, something's going on. Maybe I should, like, take this and see what's happening Because here. I think, like, uh, Mr. Carlton couldn't read. It's it's a letter from his son, and the son's detailing expenses, and the vicar has said that they're going to be refurbishing stuff, and they also mm-hmm. met with, like, the local vicar to, like, see, you Their know, the church like and stuff like that, going. basically making plans. So, like, Nate gets a glimpse at all of these expenses, and he's like, oh, man, like, um... It's very expensive for, like, the windows and stuff. And he's like, damn, that's a large sum. And he was like, wow, the parish must treat you well, like, yeah, donating all this. And he's well, like, oh, no, these, these, they don't donate anything at all. And, <laughs> no, you he's know, really stupid. He's like, he such can't... a dummy. And he's like, he's like, yeah, so I re- recently had a, a windfall, basically. And it's like. Very fucking suspicious. Yeah. Like recently, you since he recently? just like had this whole you know revelation. The timeline. The, the yeah. timeline is mm-hmm. yeah exactly. So that that um that conversation comes back to him. Like what mm-hmm. if he is skimming off the top? So he sees like this note for the bank, and he like discreetly slips it off the table and puts it like underneath his coat to. He's like, oh my god, I've just stolen. But he's like, okay, I got to go investigate, you know, this bank and see, like, is it Leo's account that he's actually taking money from? And um, so, yeah. So, anyway, before this, though, the ball that he wanted to get out of, he wants to get out of so badly, okay? So, Cora Mm -hmm. goes to this ball by herself. Well, she runs into um, his sister-in-law and um, and the nieces and stuff. And they're just like, oh, my goodness, we heard the rumors. And we, we always said that Nate would make such a good father. And we're so pleasantly surprised. Mm-hmm. Like, you're perfect for him and stuff like that. And she's devastated because she thinks yes. that he's leaving. And she has also, sent him yes. away. And, and so she just mm-hmm. like, what do I say to them? And she's devastated because she wants that. But, of course, she doesn't know how to ask for things because that's her flaw. And then he shows up at the ball. She's like, oh, there he is. And her heart sinks. And she's like, what? What? And he's there. And he's like, I'm sorry, I'm late, love. He's like, yeah, he's like, uh, I'll be taking your waltz. (laughs) And basically, he just, like, says, like, you know what? I'm not going anywhere. Mm -hmm. We're in this together, you know? And I know that you're scared, but I'm not leaving. And I love that moment. So basically, he's like, I'm just not fucking leaving. (laughs) Yeah. You can't Um, make me. Nope. Can't make me. So he actually, when Nate 
has this suspicion about Mr. Carlton. He decides not to tell her right away because he's like, I don't want to get her hopes up. I don't want to like stress her out or anything. Like, I definitely need to investigate it further. I need to write to her brother and like, yeah, you know, that's try a, to like. Right. And he didn't want to alarm Cora because like, what if he gives her this hope and then it doesn't pan out to be anything and he's just raised her hopes for nothing, you know? Yeah. So that exactly. was kind of a reason. He's like, I'm not going to tell Cora just yet. Let me see what I can find out. I'll go to her brother first. And she gets like really stressed out too and um she talked to him about like her biggest fear is um her children living within different people but also her being alone she's like yeah. i'm just afraid like of being alone and i won't have my children or anything like what well, do i no have one. besides my children and he like looks at her and he's like but you won't be alone like i'm here yeah. and then that's whenever he tells her he's like I love you. And she's like shocked. Unconditionally. And he says unconditionally. He's like, basically, you don't even, no matter if you say it back or not, I still love you. Like, this is, I'm deeply in love with you. And I love that moment. I do too. Because she doesn't say it back. And he's like Mm -hmm. fine with that. He's like, I'm here. I'm not going anywhere. Then we have our little inciting incident that's basically kind of like kickstarts our third act conflict where um, Nate is, you know, playing with the children like he's want to yes. do, and they're playing pirates. Yeah. And, and he kind of looks away a minute, you know. Yeah. Which is, I mean, look, adults. This happens to parents. This happens all the time. to parents all the time, and of course they get hurt. Tess gets hurt. Um, with she Tess falls on her Leo. little hand, you know, yes. little. And Leo's playing a little probably. rough. Yeah. And so everybody comes in. What's happening? Like, oh, well, we were playing pirates. Nate was teaching us pirates. And then the Carltons are like, you're a horrible mother. And he's the worst influence. The, you know, this is the worst. So I'm giving you, like, a couple of weeks. And then I'm, we're taking the children. I, I expect yes. you to deliver the children to London, like, immediately. I'm going to visit my sick cousin in London. In two weeks, yeah. you need to deliver the Once kids. Tess is healed so up from her. Cora's gut reaction is just fear. Like, oh, yeah. you can't take my children, all that. And yes. then she looks at Nate. Because Nate has kind of made the situation worse. Even though she was in the room, too, like, not trying to be like, don't play pirates or anything. Like, yeah. she was there. And it's not Nate's fault or anything. But she's so stressed because the thought of losing her children just, like, sends her into just a tailspin. Yeah. So she just, like, you just need to leave. Like, you just need to, like, I, I can't. And he's just, like, you don't trust me. And I think mm-hmm. that that was, like, the biggest part. Like, he's just, like, she doesn't trust me. She, um, like. She thinks she's I'm not really in this. Responsible. And, yes. like, I love the children. Like, I take, I take her custody of the children just as seriously as she does like Mm -hmm. I don't want to do anything to jeopardize that so anyway um she decides she's like did you even write the letters the love letters that I asked you to do and he's like yes and he's like what is going on and so he's just like very disappointed in her questioning him like this kind of like her brother his brother Raymond so she decides to go snooping she goes look for the love letters and what she finds is the ledger because Mrs. Carlton has actually approached her being like you need to check with your staff because like my husband has noticed papers have gone missing she's like I trust my staff implicitly like you don't imply that my staff are stealing from you so then she finds that Nate actually has the paper that's missing and she's like did you steal from them do you realize that they found out yes like her, her. they it, it could jeopardize everything and he was just like listen this is my suspicion yes and i didn't want to tell you right away because i didn't want you to freak out about it like she i panics. wanted she panics just like she is <laughs> and so she says all these things and they's just kind of like you're never going to trust me, are never, you? Never, ever going to trust me. And I'm just going to leave. And, like, she tries to backtrack because she realizes that she's she jumping to conclusions. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I'm saying the wrong things. And he was just like, no, I'm just going to go. I'm going to go talk to your brother in London. And I'm going to investigate. Like, he's not he's not signing off of his right. responsibility. But he's also very disappointed in her, right? Yes. And she can tell. She's like, but you're going to come back, aren't you? You're going to come back. And he back. doesn't say anything. And he doesn't answer. He just keeps going. So he kind of leaves her hanging there. Which, yeah. you know what? She kind of deserves to stress a little bit about she does. this. This is where Cora deserves to stress. Yeah, deserves to stress right there. So, I love how Nate goes to London, hooks up with her brother, um, Sinclair. This whole scene. Y'all. So funny. This is perfect. I love it. So, they're going to go impersonate Mr. Carlton and his bookkeeper at Mm -hmm. the bank. Basically commit fraud to try to cash a check so that they can get access to the bank account. Like, will they let me, if I impersonate Mr. Carlton, will they let me pull from Leo's funds? They do. They do. And then he's like, well, do you have like a a list of transactions? Yes. Past transactions with this bank account? And he's like, like, well, there have been quite a few, so it'll take a few minutes. Like, that's fine. (laughs) Give me a list of all the transactions, please. (laughs) But I love in the meantime, he's like, hurry, hurry. Hurry, 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 hurry. Yeah, hurry. Like a, he's like hurry panicking because he's like looking fraud. around. Like they're like, totally committing fraud. So um, they end up by getting the list of transactions, proof 
that yes. Mr. Carlton has 100% been taking from Leo's account that illegally. Yes. Okay. And he gives all that to Sinclair. So, yeah. and they had decided they were going to part ways and, you know, and then meet back up later yeah. from the bank, you yes. know. And so, but Sinclair's a little ways away and he's trying to go in the other direction. They're like, sir, sir, come back here. Wait, come back here. Sir, yeah. Wait. So basically they, they, catch they, they bar him from leaving, but he notices that Sinclair is out the door and he's like, all right. And he puts his hands It's better up. for him to get captured because Sinclair has the proof, actually. Yes, Sinclair and has so, what they need to right, help Cora exactly. and the kids. Um, so, and I also love it, you know, a little bit of privilege since he is the younger brother of an earl and also <laughs> the heir. He doesn't heir. go to jail. He doesn't go to jail. The magistrate's house. Like, his actual <laughs> he a, house. He's in house arrest at the magistrate's house. I love house. how, like, his, like, teenage daughter is, like, they're yes. like, are, are you a bad man or whatever? Um, <laughs> my mom said not to come talk to you. But, like, he eats are dinner with them. Man? Like, yes. you know, it's so funny. He hangs out with, like, the... the help they're all like playing whist and stuff and yeah. they're just like so he's not having a bad time of it but the one thing that he's stressed about he's like they won't let me write letters I need to write to Cora I need to write and tell her like where I am and what's been happening and stuff and he's so stressed about that because he knows that she's going to be worrying so the next scene is actually in Cora's point of view and Sinclair her brother um comes over Rise. and he's like, like oh, oh like um we need to have a drink with go get your yeah, go, go get, get Nate, Nate. like we and she's like wait what happened he was like I thought Nate would have already been here and told, and told you all you about it like I've been you know with the courts filing the evidence of you know yeah, the Carlton's, the Carlton's shady shit do it and, and she's like nate's not here and he's like what like he should have like, been days ago and so cora's initial reaction is that he left us. he left he did you know his good deed and yes. he got the evidence but then now he's then she done to, so she goes to clean out his bedroom i love mm-hmm. this part she goes to clean out his bed chamber and she finds the love letters yeah and they are true, beautiful, deeply felt emotions. She's like, so good. he wouldn't have left me. He's like missing. He Something's me. gone wrong. He's, yeah, he, something's wrong. He loves wrong. me. So immediately she's, she's like, like, let's pack to London. Pack We're going to London. So she's like kids, off on a go. tear. <laughs> and then she knocks on Raymond's house, okay? Yeah. Um, knocks on the door and is let in. They're not at home, right? Yeah. And but Tabby Tabby's there, and she's telling Tabby, she's like, something's wrong. You know, me and Nate had a fight, um, and I haven't heard from him in a couple days, and something's bad's happened. And Tabby's like, but Nate, like, does this sometimes. I, I love that Tabby's thinking this, but Tabby doesn't know that they've fallen in love. Yes. And, so and, it's and, like. So Tabby's, like, basically, like, well, this is Nate's off. personality. Like, yeah, he goes he off and on binges, and we don't see him for a couple days. And Cora's like, no, you don't understand. Something <laughs> is wrong. He would have come back to me, okay? I love that moment. It was so good. And then <laughs> um, um, the the uh, Earl is announced. Raymond is back home. And, you know, we had the little scene where Raymond actually goes to the magistrate's office. I really like that scene as well because mm-hmm. Nate's just like, oh, my God, I need help. Like, this is the first time he really asks his brother for help. And, mm-hmm. like, his brother, again, has not been very trusting, like, thought that he, you know, does a lot of stuff on on whim. But I love that conversation where he, like, talks about, like, the importance of Cora and the kids and stuff. And his brother's like, yeah, let's figure this out, right? Mm-hmm. Love it. Love the supportive brother moment. So Raymond walks in first. She does not see Nate in the background. And she turns to Raymond and she's like, you know, my lord, like, um, I, I really need you to help me with Nate. Like, um, something's gone wrong. I need you to believe me. I know that you think that, you know, he's flighty or whatever, but he just wouldn't leave me. And so she's like basically like singing Nate's praises. Yes. And he's not <laughs> so good. And then Nate like waltzes in and he's just like. Oh. I love this moment. He goes, everyone out, please give us a moment. And like, they don't even, like, he's like, he's like, I'm sure they shared some glances, but I couldn't look away from her. Like, his eyes were on her. He's like, the most important thing is for us to have this conversation. Yes. And for me to reassure her. And also just like hearing the way that she defended that he's not a flighty person, that he would have come back. Like, Yes. That's stuff that he needed to hear. And then she immediately is like, I need to apologize. And she apologizes to him. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I said all those things. I was wrong. And, you know, please, if you'll give me a chance, I promise I'll do better. And he's like, Cora, I love you. Yeah. I told you this. Yeah. Unconditionally means I'm never leaving. Yeah. And it was just like, oh, Such God. a beautiful, it was such beautiful, a beautiful moment. moment. It really was. And then... Raymond, now that he's apprised of the whole situation, he's like, look, I usually don't throw my weight around, but like, <laughs> and, and also the fact that I don't ask for favors means that whenever I do ask I for one, get stuff gets done. And so yeah. he's like, I'm pushing the courts to look at it this now, like 
we're, we're going to have, have the papers by the end of day. Yeah. End of oh. day, you're going to have custody and your brother's going to share, like, he's going to be in charge of Leo's accounts and stuff like that. Yes. Like, we're going to be done. And so once they actually get the official papers, Cora insists, she's like, I want to be the one to tell the Carltons. <laughs> I love this moment for her. I feel like she really needed it. I do too. This. She did. So they go find the Carltons who are also in London visiting the sick cousin or whatever. And I love <laughs> how like she sits down with her brother and Nate's there and um, she tells him she's like, you, we didn't bring the kids because you're never going to see them. You do not have any custody anymore. Like I have sole custody. It's us. And she just like goes off on them basically just being like, we, we know what you've done. I'm not going to mm-hmm. press criminal charges. What I want you to do is never come around my family again. And she's just like, just why? And like, there's the such vitriol coming from Mrs. Carlton just being like, she never liked Cora. She was yeah. just like, you are not a fit wife for my brother. And yeah. you so she always found Cora wanting. And she just like, whatever. They deserved all the things that Cora had and right. all that jazz, you know? So anyway, so we had a wonderful moment where Cora got to say her piece but Nate also says that too like you'll never come next to my wife or my children again and I (laughs) love this claim like he's not even married to her yet kids aren't legally his yet but like he's already claimed them it doesn't matter in his mind they are they are family and that is all that matters I love in the epilogue where it talks about so we jump years later like 20 years 20 years later first it's like September and so you think it's because they said they're getting married in September oh I love that little moment this is like a small moment where she admires a swatch of fabric that's like fawn color like a brownish color and like Nate's like why wouldn't you pick that for a wedding dress and she's like oh it's brown like leaves and he was like but it matches like the brown in your eyes like it's really pretty so anyway they actually get married (laughs) in the fall in September where their pretend wedding date is and she wears like the fawn color that Mrs. Carlton like turned her nose up at and it was just like really cute it was and And I love so we jump in the epilogue it's September again but 20 years down the line and like so it's Tess's wedding. But I love this moment where he, he remembers how, you know, it was, there were 11 when they finally started calling him uh, dad or father. I can't remember exactly how he phrased Papa it. but or whatever. It's like, I know, but I was like, oh my God. Like, it's just like, it's the sweetest like vision of them in the future I could possibly imagine yeah and it's really they have like such a cute family because like uh Nate and Cora are it's like the night before the wedding but of course like wedding festivities they're all weekend so like they've had guests (laughs) at the house for a while so it's late at night and Nate and Cora are just kind of like dancing in the ballroom alone Mm -hmm. together and then um Tess and Leo actually come in because Leo was worried about like not getting the waltz perfect perfectly um so like the kids are just like oh my god what are y'all doing like y'all of course y'all are like all over each other like all already <laughs> like we always walk in on this and i like the vibe of that and then the two youngest come in too yes which um apparently their younger son um who's gonna be the heir to the earldom like he's just like nate like just like charming and stuff <laughs> like that and the daughter is just like a hellion as well yeah. and i just like love the family it's just like so beautiful and we also have like that bittersweet moment where they're looking at the portrait it's like it's Raymond and yeah. his wife's portrait and then the new portrait of Nate and Cora who have now inherited the earldom. And right. it's just like really kind of sad, but apparently they, there's a novella about Raymond and I really want to read it. I haven't read it yet, but I'm <laughs> interested because apparently they had a whirlwind romance as well. And like he was just like so obsessed with like his family. He wasn't disappointed that he had daughters, like he loved them and stuff. Right. So I'm like very interested in reading Raymond's story. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, same. I loved it. Showdown scene. So, Probably going to have the same one. So, but. I don't think so, because my nope. showdown is actually one we didn't mention. Oh, I'm gonna, I, okay. I, I know what you're going to say for your showdown. Of course you do. Uh, I already know. But this one, like, struck me as well, and it's it was when Cora was doubting. And they had to go to, it was, she was in that phase where she was doubting everything about Nate. And, like, they went to this other ball where all the, like, town gossipy women were saying things like, oh, well, you know he's a ladies' man, and you know he disappeared with this person at this ball and this woman, la, la, la. Saying these things in front of Cora to hurt Cora. And so she pulls him aside and is like, did you go away with this person? He's like, what are you talking about? And it's another one who's like, that's not me. I Yes, that was me. That's not me now. And you know who I am. She's like, no, I don't even know who you are. Well, then they play a parlor game. And in the parlor game, it's kind of like, basically, guess who? Where the women put their blindfolds on, they take off their gloves, and they it's kind of like risque, feel, touch a man to figure out. I think that out, that's part of like the, the yes, they fun can, of the game. Exactly. Because you're not really allowed to touch, but it's a game. But they're so breaking like, etiquette mm, a little like bit. Like take off your no, gloves and like, ladies. you know, ooh, no, bare yeah. hands, stuff like that. Very, mm, And so there's lady. like this 
really like negative tension building. He is furious with her. Furious. He's like glaring daggers at her this whole time. And she's trying to pretend she's like, okay, I was harsh. I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have done that. But like she can't. And suddenly they're like, call her. Lady Dane, it's your turn. Take off the gloves. And she doesn't want to do it. She's like, I don't want to touch any man but him. You know, and so they blindfold her. And of course, they're shuffling and instantly. Before she even touches him, she smells him, and she knows it's him. But she takes her time. Even the women are, like, whispering and Like, she knows immediately, but she's still... She's going to take her time feeling him up a little bit. I mean, she touches his face and his eyebrows. But she's very self-reflecting in that moment of being like, I do know him. And so there's this beautiful moment where he unveils... Like, as he's undoing the, um, the mask or whatever, the blindfold, he goes, she knows me. She knew me all along. And then when the thing drops, she goes... You're right. I, I, I always knew it was always him. Knew it was you. Yeah. And it was like it was like he does know. It was just like sort of this like prophetic moment. Yes. You know. She I just loved needed. It. I, I I like Cora. Just needs like time to reflect on things. She's yeah. she's reactionary sometimes, but she always like she always comes around. She just needs a moment. She's the a little hot headed. So clever in her own though, way. the way yeah. she makes the characters reveal themselves. Yeah. Or learn. Or, or like transition. learn about themselves. Like you're yeah. like she just needed to reflect on her own emotion. She's like, Yeah, I did fly off the you're handle. Right. But like everything that I've witnessed and seen proves mm-hmm. that he's actually, you know, in love with me and he really does care about my children and maybe he does have a past, but like that he's displayed. Yeah. He's displayed so much more. Like I've actually witnessed him yeah. being responsible and being like the father figure that I always wanted for my kids. Yeah, like, I can't discount that. that. He's like he's like you. You're you're gonna believe them. These gossips over what you know with your own eyes. Yeah, exactly. Or what, over what you've experienced. That is a great scene. I'm so glad I, that I you picked that, that for your show on scene because it's it's good. Aaron Linkson's very talented. I mean, and it's, very very talented. It was talented. tension filled. Yeah, you know? it was just like eesh, you it, know? Was, it was. It was. That's good. And of course, my showdown scene is Nate. Coming to the rescue of Tess. Tess. Oh my god. I literally (laughs) swooned. I was so obsessed with this scene. On my reread, I started to cry at that scene. (laughs) It was so emotional for me, too. I was like, he called her his little girl. And just like the way that he felt, and like he felt like a father in that moment. He was just like, the I and how he's like comforting her. He's like, Let me see the jewels, let Mm -hmm. me see the jewels. And she lifts and bats her little blue eyes at him, like, There you are. Like, it's such a beautiful dad moment. It's such a great dad moment, and I love dad moments. So, I just love, and especially like someone who who you don't expect to be a good dad, and like he turns out to be like the fucking best best dad dad? ever. I'm like, Oh, I love that shit. What just happened? Mm, It's so good. It just makes me so happy inside, warm and cozy. Like, I love It it. I love it. Anyway, so love, love this book. Yes. Definitely want to read more also, by Aaron Langston. Also, sex scenes, top notch. Top Beautiful, notch. Beautiful, sexy, wonderful, emotional. Wonderful balance of yes. very, like, um, Just very like, sexy. connected. But also you know? yeah. beautiful emotions. Beautiful. Okay, guys. We hope that you enjoyed today's episode, and we look forward to the next one where we'll be reviewing Rootbound by Tara DeWitt. Thanks so much for listening. This goes out to all the fangirls. Life's better with a little H-E-A.